Hi, everyone. This is the Get In My Garden podcast, episode 45. This is Aaron Moskowitz, and today we chat with Larry Hounce from City Hydro in Baltimore. He has a great story of starting out and creating a business growing microgreens. He has looked at the economics of it while learning about what works and what doesn't work for small indoor farmers. If you want to go to market with your produce or are curious about creating a local indoor growing operation to supply restaurants and kitchens with live microgreens, you may find this episode very interesting. Larry and his wife started their journey from scratch, not knowing all that much about what to do. He now grows 16 different types of microgreens using his simple hydro systems, which in my opinion would make an easy add-on to existing farmer's market offerings with not much added effort for an existing produce marketeer. If you like the show, follow on Instagram at GetInMyGarden and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen from. If you're benefiting from the show, the information, and the guests I've featured, you can visit my website, GetInMyGarden.com, and sign up for my new email list, which will include favorite articles I've shared with my close friends, research and information I feel you would enjoy learning about that fit with the mission of the podcast, which is to inspire and connect people who are focused on making conscious decisions about how to live their lives in a healthy and meaningful way based on the knowledge given to us by previous generations who are so in tune with the earth, and also by the bright minds in the science and technology fields that inspire our future. I'll be making some changes to the website this month to make it really fun and easy to navigate. Also, I'll soon be able to offer some awesome freebies via this email list. So I'm really curious about what you're doing. I don't know if you had a chance to visit my podcast. A lot of people have been doing hydroponics. They've been growing mushrooms, or they've been foraging, all sorts of different things. But I have been getting a lot of people asking about hydroponics. Do you want to talk about uh, what you're doing and your project, also what you're selling? Sure. So um, my name is Larry Hounts. My wife is Jana. We started back in uh, 2011. Um, I was in a uh, serious car accident on my way to a client. I was doing uh, network security for the feds, for the federal government. The accident affected my train of thought and everything like that. So I really couldn't get back into computer systems. So we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for a living. And I told my wife, we're going to grow things. And she kind of laughed at me. So we started out growing tomatoes under LED lights, got really good green growth, but didn't get really great fruit. The tomatoes wouldn't get really big, just not enough power and LED lights for um, tomatoes. So then we thought, oh, let's try lettuces. So we started growing lettuces and my wife the whole time was telling me microgreens, microgreens. And so we just started growing lettuces and growing lettuces basically the same way we grow the microgreens today. But again, you have to grow a lot of lettuces to make any money. Uh huh. You have to have a lot of space. And they're in a, in a 10 by 15 foot room, even going vertical, there's just not enough space to make any money. Um, I have a friend that has one of those container farms that grows lettuces and he does about... 80 pounds of lettuce every two weeks. Hmm. Well, 80 pounds at $2.50 a pound, that's not a real good ROI. No kidding. Plus, it's a lot more work. It's a lot of work. And he uses these zip towers and stuff. And they're okay, but it just takes a lot of work to load them and everything like that. So I, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, after going to the farmer's market and making $35, I looked at my wife and I said, we're going to grow microgreens. And she said, oh, good idea. <laughs> and so we started playing and tweaking our system for microgreens. So we tried a bunch of different kind of substrates, a bunch of different ways to 
load up the trays and stuff like that. And we came up with the system we have today that grows microgreens on coconut fiber. I didn't know about that. So I did notice that you said that you're not, you're just using plain water. Yeah. So we use just plain water. We don't use any, any fertilizer, pesticides, or soil. We grow everything on coconut fiber that sits on these, it what used to sit on bamboo rods. And then we had a special design spacer that goes in our trays that the pads actually sit on the spacer. So it's, it's a hydroponic operation because the roots grow down through the coconut fiber, which acts as a stabilizing platform for the plants. Uh-huh. And then they drop right into the water and they feed off the water. So it is just hydroponics and, and water. Gotcha. So because a lot of people who use hydro, they're, they're very serious about adding different things to it. So that's, a, that's the thing that kind of set you apart in my mind. And I always, as an organic gardener, was concerned about all the different things that people are putting into the hydroponic systems. Plus, it seems like so much to manage. I am a firm believer about organics is about the soil Mm -hmm. and that there's nothing that I do that's organic. You don't walk out into the woods and find green plastic trays laying around in Mother Nature. And to me, I just use water and coconut fiber The coconut fiber we use is not certified organic. It's really hard to get certified organic from a waste product. And our coconut fiber is a waste product Uh from the waste of making coconut oil, coconut creams, and stuff like that. So it's a waste product. So it's very hard to show chain of custody for an organic certification. There are some certifications out there like OMRI that does, but it's not, even if it's certified organic that way, it's not certified organic USDA for use in in an organic farm. Right. Totally different meaning. Right. And and people don't understand that. They're like, oh, I use that. So now I'm organic. Well, no, not really. And I have a lot of friends that are organic farmers and one of them actually got shut down for using the wrong plastics that weren't certified by the USDA. Hmm. So I I don't call ourselves organic. I call ourselves pure. And when people ask me, well, what is pure? Well, we use no fertilizer, no pesticide, no soil, and 100% certified food safe plastics. Gotcha. Well, and so you're teaching people how to do this, right? I did see a lot of classes that you're offering to different people. Are you teaching them how to create a business and take it to their farmer's market? Yep. So we train about eight to 10 people a week. They come on Wednesday and Thursday from about 1030 till about 334 o'clock in the afternoon. And we go through every aspect of what we do. Um, They can take as many pictures as they want. They can record the sessions. They can ask as many questions. And we go through all the nuts and bolts about growing, selling, and maintaining your farm. And I can tell you, most of the people that walk out of here are really happy they came for the two days where they're training and take home a wealth of knowledge. That's awesome. I also was involved in the farmer's market doing various things. People have this idea that you need so much space, and even the majority of farmers don't have that much land. If you think about it historically, they only are working on like one or two acres, you know, and right. that's so much work for them. So, can how much space does somebody need? So, in our ten by fifteen foot room, we had we cut it down because now we're doing grow, uh, so many classes, uh-huh. and we took out our middle row of racks. But we had we had fourteen racks in there, and we were doing hundred and twenty trays of microgreens a week in sales at $40 a tray. Mm. So the return on investment is pretty good. One of our racks produces six trays of microgreens every three to four days. And the trays sell, we sell ours for 40. Uh, We have clients in New York City that are selling for 75, uh, Philadelphia 65, Washington DC 65. The price is between 
I would say 50 and $75 a tray on average, unless you sell at the farmer's markets. And at the farmer's markets, because you're selling only in a, a small section of the tray that you put into a, a, into a to-go container, that tray is now worth 80 to $120 a tray. Uh-huh. So the return on investment is there. And the, and the great thing about our system is you can buy one rack, get it up and going, start making money off that one rack, selling the trays, save up some money, buy another rack and start doing exactly the same thing. And you can easily get up to 10 racks, you know, in no time at yeah. all. So your business is not only producing, but also, so it sounds like you're creating a uh, business for people. But where they have to get started, they have to find a distribution of it, right? So a lot of farmers markets have people selling microgreens. How do you set yourself apart? We set ourselves apart because we sell pure, just water, and we sell living. So a lot of the microgreens that you buy today are cut. And the problem with cut microgreens or any kind of cut produce is that the nutritional value is lost dramatically over the first 24 to 48 hours. With microgreens, it's 15 minutes and the nutritional value starts to drop. We sell a living product that the client is actually harvesting off the pad that it comes on. Uh-huh. So like this morning, my wife and I had eggs. She went and got a pad of microgreens out, cut off half the pad and put them on the eggs. And we had fresh cut microgreens on our eggs. Right? And the same way with somebody that buys it either for a restaurant or for a farmer's market, when they take it home or it's in the restaurant, they cut it off to order. So they're putting fresh microgreens on the plate. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Which is huge. And as far as the different varieties, what are you growing? Because there are just endless seeds that you could use. Is that right? Right. So we grow, We I used to grow up to 85 different kinds of microgreens. Uh-huh. Everything under the sun I grew. And now I've come to the point where this is a business, right? And so I grow 16 different types of microgreens. I grow broccoli, kale, radishes, pea shoots nasturtiums, borage, a red cabbage, cilantro, just to name a few. And those are my staple microgreens that I grow all the time. Cool. It's much easier to grow those. And and then, you know, maybe somebody comes up, maybe a, a chef comes up to me and says, hey, can you grow me some red vein sorrel? And I look at them and I'm like, you know, red vein sorrel is a really nice mini green. It's not a microgreen, it's a mini green. And it takes 60 to 90 days to grow. And do they need a different, like you're not using any input. So would, if you did mini green, would that mean that you have to add something more to the hydroponics? Right. So then you have to add some kind of fertilizer, but actually for the red vein sorrel that we grow, we just allow some of the microgreens to die off on the pad and it feeds the stronger microgreens. So we get a really nice looking red vein sorrel, real deep greens and reds in it uh, because it's feeding off its brothers and sisters, can- I guess, cannibalizing them. <laughs> and so that's where it's getting its nutrient value. We're not adding any fertilizer to the soil there. But like for lettuces or small herbs and stuff like that, you really need to add some kind of fertilizer. And the problem with fertilizer is it's a corrosive material. Mm-hmm. And when it's added to plastics, it eats into the plastic. Interesting. And and you can actually see on, on like PVC pipes and everything, the fertilizer coating on the PVC pipe. Using 100% food safe plastics is really big for us. Wow, that's something everybody should know. And uh... yeah, there's a lot of articles on it. If you Google PVC and fertilizer, you'll see a lot of articles written about it. Gotcha. Well, it sounds like we in Santa, I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and there's some various people who are growing sprouts and microgreens and they're selling to the restaurant scene which is very big here 
but they're also selling at the market. But I don't think they have the variety that you just mentioned. So it sounds like that's an opportunity all over the place. Sure. I mean, most of our growers that come here really stand out in the farmer's markets and at the restaurants because they're selling living. Mm -hmm. You know, we deliver our trays to the restaurants and at the farmer's markets living and we coach uh, the consumer on how to make sure that they stay nice and fresh by adding like a cup of water to the tray or picking up the pad and putting on a plate of water to water the plants while you're harvesting them and while you're eating them. They last on average about seven to 10 days uh, at the restaurant or at your home. Do you have a specific place you're getting your seeds from? Yeah, we buy from uh, basically two places. Our main supplier is Mountain Valley or True Leaf Mm -hmm. up in Utah. Um, Rob out there is an amazing guy. Uh, The seeds that we get from him, really nice. And he has great prices and he offers points. Like for every dollar you spend, you get a point. And so by the end of the year, you have enough points that your last two or three orders of seeds you don't even pay for. Mm -hmm. And he's really good on on returns. You know, if if you get a bad batch of seeds, which does happen. He's really good about taking them back. The issue with with microgreens is pretty much any plant can be a microgreen. You just got to make sure it's not poisonous Uh because like nightshades, tomatoes, peppers, potatoes, cantaloupe, watermelon, all those, those are poisonous plants. The green leafy part is the fruit's not, but the green leafy part is, and people think, oh, I can grow those a microgreen. Well, you, you can't. Right. Um, so we always make sure that all of the microgreens that we grow are edible. So he's not actually focusing on that. You just happen to be using him as a supplier. Right. He he has a he actually he has a microgreen uh, subset on his website. Okay. And there is a there is kind of a misinformation out there about microgreen seeds. People think, oh, they're different. That they're more expensive. And some other seed companies do add price increases to their microgreen seed. But there is no difference between a broccoli seed that's used to grow whole head broccoli and a broccoli microgreen seed. Okay, so here's a question. The people who buy seed packets, they're spending a few dollars for this little tiny packet. So you're buying in much larger quantities. Uh, How much does somebody invest? I guess my question is about how much it costs to fill a tray with seeds and then also the electricity and the system and all that, like the general breakdown of cost. Sure. So the big thing about buying seeds is you buy in bulk. The more you buy, the more you save. So let's take a pound of leeks, for example. A pound of leeks costs $40 if you buy it by the pound. If you buy it by the 25 pound bag, you spend $11 a pound. Huge difference in the the cost of the seeds. So I tell most of our growers when they first start out to buy five pounds at a time of seeds. And then people say, well, wait a minute, seeds go bad. Well, no, not really. If you keep them in an airtight container and you keep moisture off them, and you keep them in a nice cool environment, they're gonna last a long time. They can last up to years. And I have seeds in my grow room that are two and three years old that I play with, Mm -hmm. and the germination rate on them is still above 85, 90%. Gotcha. So our, our operation, our whole grow room, which is a 10 by 15 foot room, has two air conditioning units in it. Uh, it plays music, music for the plants. I like it. It has lighting. It has all kinds of things in it. Costs us about $125 a month worth of electricity. Uh-huh. The pads for your system, you have to buy the coconut pads. We sell our pads. For, if you buy a thousand pads at a time, you're paying around 55 cents a pad for the, the pads. And there's eight pads in a tray. So you're looking about between eight to ten dollars, including electricity, to make a, a tray. And you're selling it for 40 to 50 dollars at a restaurant. Not a bad ROI. Not at all. 
We are at www.city-hydro.com. We have a YouTube channel with about 85 different videos on it at Larry Hounts, H-O-U-N-T-Z. You can find all that on our website. We sell microgreens and we sell microgreen equipment, all the nuts and bolts to run our systems and we train people. Yeah, only about 30% of our growers actually come for the training. With all of our online videos and our tech support, people are pretty good at ramping up. And did they see something about you working with people within the inner cities of Baltimore? Yeah, actually, we we uh, we have one grower here in Baltimore named Dominic Nell. He does a lot of STEM stuff in the schools in West Baltimore. He has a thing called the Food Project going on right now where they took an old abandoned school and are turning it into uh, kitchens, microgreen growing and farming and helping the, the kids in West Baltimore learn a trade. That's awesome. Well, I love what you're doing and I appreciate all the information. Instagram site is City Hydro. It has thousands of pictures on it. That's awesome. Thanks a lot, Larry. Yep. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Next week, we will have an interview with a permaculture designer and edible landscaper. I will announce this on Instagram as it approaches. If you like the show, follow on Instagram at GetInMyGarden and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen from. Also, comment on my posts or send me a DM to let me know what you're working on. If you've benefited from the show, the information and the guests I featured, you can visit the website GetInMyGarden.com and sign up for my new email list, which will include favorite articles I've shared with my close friends, research and information I feel you would enjoy learning about that fits with the mission of the podcast, which is to inspire and connect people who are focused on making conscious decisions about how to live their lives in a healthy and meaningful way based on the knowledge given to us by previous generations who are so in tune with the earth and also by the bright minds in the science and technology fields that inspire our future. I'll be making some changes to the website this month to make it really easy to navigate. Also, as I mentioned, I'll be able to offer some awesome freebies via the email list. I hope the Get In My Garden podcast has inspired you to continue your learning, to continue your holistic hobbies, your projects, and businesses relating to natural farming, hydroponics, aquaponics, bees, fungi, soil in the soil food web, microbes, plants, and however you are involved in entertaining yourself in a way that benefits the earth and benefits our future.